There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Everyone and welcome to Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Sean Fangirl S. And I'm Steve, and tonight we'll be discussing Episode 5 of Season 3 of The Expanse. Oh, Steve. Steve, Steve. I know. It's, they, they broke our hearts. They a dagger in our hearts with dark matter, and they just twisted it with Expanse. Oh, my God. Now, I know, because they've been talking that sci-fi did not own the expanse and so like since actually during the off season we started seeing the writers and and producers talking about it right and it hurt yes it does when this all came down we unfortunately heard about two of our shows that we do over here at fangirl zone and obviously there was a whole slew of chopping blocks (laughs) you know basically yeah there was was a big (laughs) a slaughter now, there's a few shows that were saved, so I know there's a big thing. If you, you're you on Twitter, you know, obviously keep tweeting Renew Expanse because they're shopping it, apparently. Oh, yeah. So, they're working pretty hard right now to find it a new home. So, fingers crossed, another network could pick it up, Netflix, Hulu, who knows, Amazon. Right. So, don't give up. Don't give up. Just keep tweeting because that makes a huge difference, believe it or not, because that's how... One of the shows, was it Brooklyn Nine-Nine, actually got picked up on a whole other network. Right. So, don't give up hope. And that being said, let's talk about the ratings, and then we'll go into this episode, shall we? All right. The Live Plus Same Day for Episode 5 brought in a 0.18 in adults 18 to 49 with 0.555 million viewers, making it the 45th rated cable show of the day, which was a... Improvement over the rating for episode four as it had a 0.16 in adults 18 to 49 with 0.590 million viewers coming in at 62nd rated cable show for the day. Now the live plus seven days for episode three tied for 11th in adults 18 to 49 percentage gain going from a 0.2 to a 0.4 or an increase of 100%. It also tied for 17th in viewers percentage gained increasing by 104%. The numbers are still there. Yeah. this yeah. It's hard to believe that sci-fi and whoever cannot come to an agreement on how much each of them are going to get of the piece of the pie because, well, when Dark Matter was axed, they were the highest rated show on sci-fi. They get rid of The Expanse, and it's, I think, the second highest rated show on sci-fi. I don't know. Or still, it might be the first right now. It's crazy, because it is such a good show. Now, I understand, obviously, if you've watched this show, like, uh, you know we do, uh, yeah. you know that it's not cheap to make this thing, no. because all the awesome special effects that we've been getting, but still, I mean, 
It's huge. And you've got a huge following all over the world with this. Yes. So, I don't know. I'm still holding out hope uh, until they finally tell us, much like they did with Ghost Wars, what, like, three months later? I will will just pretend like it's going to keep coming back and hope that they don't leave us on a huge, huge cliffhanger then. Yeah. (laughs) I guess this just means Shawnee has to read the books, for real. Yeah. All right. Well... That being said, I will read the book. I swear, I swear, I swear to you. All right. Episode five, triple point. The search for Prax's daughter comes to a head. Admiral Sather's men plan for mutiny aboard the Thomas Prince, Agatha King. Wait, which one is it? Thomas Prince or Agatha King? It's the Agatha King. Oh, that's what I mean, this is where sci-fi is wasting their money <laughs> on their press people who don't have a clue what's going on on the show. <laughs> that's why i'm like hold on a second yeah i just read that i'm like that's not right no All right that's why i was confused. not even close was the thomas prince one of the other ones no oh geez all right so now that i thoroughly confused myself and everybody who's listening to us <laughs> yeah 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 all right let's go to io shall we all right strickland and mao are trying to communicate with katala through a containment pod. Oh, God. Want to yeah. punch them both in the face. And, oh, my God. Katoa. It took me a minute to realize it was him. Yeah. Because now he's not a little kid. He's a proto-man. Yeah. He kind of reminded me of, oh, crap, Dr. Manhattan. Right. It, yes. Like, it took yeah. me a second to remember the name. And I yeah. was like, <laughs> he's going to, like, burst you apart. I'm like, oh, I was going to say, like, Dr. Manhattan. But I'm like, oh, wait, they do kind of do that with the proto-molecule. Look at Venus yeah. right now. Yeah. Oh, I can't stand Mao. Every time I think Mao is like maybe going to come around and have that little thread of humanity running through him. Right. This happened. Yeah. So, of course, Katala wants to know what's happening to him and that he hurts. Well, yeah, he's suddenly, <laughs> you know, aged like 10 years. Yeah. So all at <laughs> once, it's going to hurt. Talk about growing pains. Yeah. <laughs> Poor kid. Everything's on, like, super high drive there. Yeah. Yeah, but Mao's like, oh, I'm sorry, but. Yeah, but. that big but there. And it's so funny because it just makes me think of another one of the shows that you and I don't talk about, but Game of Thrones. When At one point they say, you remember how Father always said anything after but, or anything before but meant absolutely nothing? Right. Pretty much, yeah, <laughs> him saying, I'm sorry, but we need to talk to you. Okay, so basically you don't care. Right. Tell me about we the need information. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, you piece of crap. I am going to be saying that till the end of the show. I don't care because, God, I love to hate him right now. There's so right. many characters on this I love to hate. And Mao, I thought, thought you were coming around. But no, because it's like, what's happening? What's happening on Venus? What are you doing? What's happening, Katoa? All right. You know what, Mao? Quit asking about everything and how you were repurposing. Because, you know what? I can't. I can't with you. Because Katoa's trying to tell him because Katoa is still in there somewhere. Right. And that makes me feel so bad because this poor kid is just uh, being basically tortured. Yes, from the inside out, which is even worse. Oh, man. And when he happens to mention the parts working together and the work can't stop, and Mao's just like, what work? Yeah. You you know what? Katoa needed to punch you. And Strickland and his little wormy, ah, okay, Steve, take it. Yeah. (laughs) 
So Mal tells Strickland to slow the process down as they're losing him. So Strickland will do what he can by using the control module that's in the brainstem. So he actually put um, something in each of the kids, or do you think it was after he started doing the protomolecule, like, injections? That's a good question. I have a feeling they've been done before. Oh, my God. I don't know. I don't know if all the kids have one of those, but it wouldn't surprise me if they do. Oh, my gosh. I Talk about slimy. You're going to put a control module in the kids? So I'm wondering then if, okay, now obviously this is a theory we have here, guys. So if you have a different theory, send us an email. If he put this in the kids earlier, could he be the reason that the kids have whatever deficiency? No, they had that on Ganymede before, well... Because he's been treating them. Right. Or was Absolutely it some, right, yeah. Or is it, it something that once he found it, he put this module in to keep them with this deficiency so they can never be cured so he can, you know, experiment or something? Right. Now that's possible. I can imagine him being this slimy. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Again, kudos to the actor, because I hate you. So it's <laughs> the weirdest compliment I think any of them are ever get. <laughs> oh, man. So he manages to slow it down a little bit, at least for, I don't know, what time period hot, are we looking at? Yeah, a hot second, yeah. because as soon as Mal's asking him about the work and what they're building, he says, soon the work's finished, and just starts beating that containment pod all to hell. Which makes me wonder if we're going to see Venus soon. Yeah. And if maybe uh, we're going to see Julie come back. Hmm. Never know. Oh, man. Yeah, I love it. Strickland's like, we ought to get out of the room. I thought he yeah. was going to, like, burn him up or something. Right. But we didn't see that. We just see him, I don't know, dose him with gas or something to calm him down. Right. Knock him out. But, yeah, they. I, I thought it was funny, you know, because you had those big windows there. And then all of a sudden you got the blaster doors that come down with just these little slots for windows. And you go, whoa. Right, which is why I'm like, oh, man, they're just going to incinerate everything in that room. Right. But not quite. At least not yet. Yeah. Uh, and then Mouse. Oh. Yeah. We need to know more. What's the objective? God, Strickland, really? That's all. I got to say that. I mean, come on. Because he's like, oh, well, he's pretty much toast. Katoa's done, but there's another kid who's really close genetically that we can work on. Yeah. Just like no issue at all doing this. Oh, no. He Seriously. has no feelings. No. All about the science to Strickland. And, of course, the one who is the closest is May. And I swear <laughs> Mao didn't even pause. You said he paused, but I don't feel like he did. Yeah, he, he paused for it. He had to think about it for at least a half a second or two. But he says, do it. Make it happen. I can't believe you're doing that to the kid who you were looking at. And you're like, oh, it reminds me of my kids, blah, blah. Right. And all nice and sweet to her. And then you're like, all right, let's inject her with what's going to kill her. Yep. I hope you meet a really messy, sticky end. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ooh. You and Aaron Wright both. All three of them. You know what? And let's throw in one more person who we're about to talk about. That's right, because Mal gets a call from Nguyen telling him his family has been released and his account's unfrozen and to transfer control of the hybrid pods to him immediately and that the tech team will be down done shortly to collect 
all the data on the project. Yeah, I was like, all right, here, transfer. You know what? Win too. You need to you need to meet that sticky end as well. Yes. Because he was creepy as all get out this episode. Like the look on his face towards the end of the episode, yeah. he went total super vi- villain. Yeah, he went mad. <laughs> like all he needed was the evil laugh and like holding his hand up in like a you know a fist all of a sudden, and it right. would have been seriously straight comic book villain right there. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that was messed up. So we start to see the tech strapping down a very scared May. I was scared too. Oh, absolutely. When all of a sudden there's a loud noise from above, and Mal wonders, what the hell was that? Anything that stops them from doing whatever to May, I am okay with. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Daddy is coming. Yes. Hold on, May. Yes. We have the Mars ship. Yes. How do you say it? It was Hammurabi? Yep, Hammurabi. Okay. Oh, God. Okay. So the kit- Kittinger is undocked from the Hammurabi and heads to Jupiter with survivors. But we have Ensign... Oh, God. I would screw up his name, too. Sinopoli. Right. Noticing some graffiti that's on the bulkhead about Mars first. And these pictures... And I felt so bad here because we have Gillis, Avislara, and Aaron Wright. And uh, you know what? It isn't so awesome on the graffiti. No. <laughs> I think Gillis has got devil horns and... Um, I mean, yeah. I'm all for None that on, were, on Aaron uh... <laughs> Wright. But I mean, yeah. he has seen and talked to Avisalara, so it's a little different. Right. So he knows and has seen information that nobody else has. Right. So I get him being like, oh... Okay, I don't know how to react to this. Right. But then again, why are you posting up stuff, you know, maybe in like a bunk or something, but that just seemed weird. It's like, I'm just going to put this right here. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's a, an offense you would not normally do on a, a ship of any sort, but... Right. Uh, but they ask him if he's ready to head to the bridge because they want to talk to him, which, you know, makes perfect sense. You know, how'd you get away where this is all that's left of your ship? I think the captain would want to talk to him, too. Well, they go up, and the captain likes to ask questions. Oh, yes, she does. <laughs> and I did like the captain asking these questions. Don't get get me wrong. But I was kind of worried that the captain was, okay, initial thought, somehow on the side with Aaron Wright and when, and, like, wow. it was all, all a big thing. Because I was right. worried at first. I'm like, please tell me that this is not going to go that route. Right. <laughs> and I might have thought that about her. Uh, oh, her second in first command? officer. Yeah. yeah, Grant. Yeah, that was, and he looks so familiar. Uh, Battlestar Galactica. Thank you. I'm like, why? <laughs> and I was like, mm, maybe he is. I see. This is what happens. I'm so paranoid that everybody's on the wrong side at this point. Yeah. <laughs> But we hear her talking about how they've got 19 destroyers. We can hurt them, but we're undergunned right now. Or overgunned? However you want to say it. Uh, Outgunned. Outmanned. There we go. That all works. And then we find out the captain lost her sister in battle, and it's like, oh, crap. Yeah, this is not going to go well for Sinopoli. <laughs> no, I was so worried about what was going to happen. And Sinopoli tells her the truth, so I was really surprised that he's like actually james holden is the one who helped us and tells him about bobby and avasalara 
And I loved it because her second is like, oh, and who else? The Tooth Fairy? It's like, really? Yeah. <laughs> but he, of course, had to put down Holden and, of course, Bobby as well. Right. Yeah, just, he just kind of had a rip on everybody. Oh, yes, he did. It's like, oh, okay, well, we know he's not going to be happy if he sees this information. Right. Of course, and the captain is having a hard time believing it, too. But she wasn't so dismissive. No, she wasn't. So, of course, she goes, well, why'd they let you go? And he whips out the communicator and shows them the video. I was glad he did it, because I was thinking that when he was meeting this kind of resistance, he was not going to show them. Right. But he went through with it, so. It's a big sigh of relief for me. Yeah. So, of course, they're not sure what this is. And I was kind of like, all right, are they going to do anything with it? Are they going to share it with Mars High Command? Right. Because her initial thought was that it's fake. Right. And her second in command was saying that it could be, what, like a a ploy to get them to lower their guard. Right. So it's like, all right, I can I can completely see this, because obviously in times of war, you never know what's going to happen. People are going to use whatever techniques. They can to get an advantage. Oh, hell yes. Right. And then, of course, we find out that they're going to have a firing solution on the Agatha King in five minutes. And then the fleet will arrive, what, three minutes after, I think? It was pretty close, time-wise. Right. And so the captain has to make a hard decision at this point. It's like, all right, do I believe this? Do I just fire? It's like, whatever, we're going all guns blazing. And instead, she orders a slower burn to reduce reduce their speed. And it's like, oh, okay. I thought that was kind of weird. It's like, is she doing it just so the rest of the fleet can catch up? And it's just one of those things that I'm like, I'm not quite sure what she's doing if she believes this. And her second, Durant, is objecting. Right. And I was like, all right. I'm really confused because this just seems like a really weird thing to do. Because she's not doing anything. She's not broadcasting this message. But she's not. not she knew, yeah. know of, at least. And, of course, he accuses her of sending the video to Souther. Which... Sorry, that was kind of necessary. Now, I was a little mad that she didn't just broadcast it over, because we find out that they have channels that'll go over both the UN and Mars. I would have just broadcasted that bitch everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Like, everybody see this shit, because even if it's fake, everyone's going to turn on Aaron Wright right now. That's how I look at it. You let Mars, Earth, Belters, everyone see this. Yeah, like I said, if I'm going out, I'm going out in a blaze of glory. And I'm taking you with me, Aaron Wright. At least that would have been one person down. Right. I don't know. What do you think what would have happened had she done that? Hmm. I think that more than likely, it probably would have disrupted the UN fleet much sooner. And I'm not sure if any of the Mars fleet would have bought it. So, I don't know. For sure, if it would have made a big difference or not. Mm, I don't know. Maybe I'm just hoping that people would be like, oh, no, this is all fake. Right. And we are starting this war on a whole wrong level. It was all his fault. Let's take him out and string him up. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Because, again, I don't like Aaron Wright, but that's me. Right. And you even see it on the Mars ship because Durant is completely not buying any of it. Right. And yet the captain is 
saying, hey, um, there may be a way out of here from all the politics and bullshit. Luck opens the door and lets a couple of grunts figure out how to not to fight for once. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, Durant. Oh, that's noble. I prefer to win. All right, jerk face. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's been drinking testosterone Kool-Aid. Bring it down a notch. Right. But, of course, he's like, oh, we're going to be in range in two minutes. Now what? And uh, here we go. The captain decides to ask Sinopoli, which I feel is kind of weird. He's like, so if Avasalara was close to Souther, what did she say about him? And he's like, I don't know. I didn't really talk to her about that. Right. It's like she just <laughs> said he was a good guy. Right. An honorable man. Yeah. I mean, seriously, it's not like they sat down, had tea and crumpets and talked in depth about her your relationships with everybody. Right. <laughs> It's like, okay, what was she like? And he's like, I don't know, mean? And then I liked her, I guess? It's like, okay, that's saying a lot about you, Sinopoli, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> he, he likes women in charge. Yeah. And Avislar wasn't taking any crap, so maybe he's used to that, because obviously all the women we've seen so far in Mars Command, they're not taking any crap either. No. Maybe that's just his type. Of course, they're now in firing range, and she orders... To maintain course and speed. And then out of nowhere, Sinopoli notices that the UN ships are firing on one another. And of course, Durant says, let's take them all out. And Captain says, not so fast. Right, because she does say, okay, listen, they're firing on each other. If we start firing on them, they're going to all turn and fire on us. Exactly. Duh. This is why yeah. you're not a captain, apparently. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Although I don't know how you got to be second in charge if you're like, let's shoot everybody. Oh, wait, they're shooting each other. I don't care. Let's yeah. shoot them anyway. And weirdly, she opens a channel to the fleet. And she's like, hey, everybody, uh, there's a mutiny. We're hearing this. And we should hold on because we'll only unite them. Let's right. watch and see what happens, basically. Get the popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> this could get interesting. Yeah. <laughs> because that's got to be confusing. Oh, hell yes. You're sitting there, like, holding your breath, like, oh, God, this is happening. It's going Who's down. Who's going to fire first? Yeah, you're both staring down the, the barrel of the gun, and all of a sudden, your opponent shoots it at somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, okay, guys. Like, they're all looking at each other. You know, like, I, I don't, don't know what to do. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> all right, let's see what happens. We'll just watch this play out. Yep. And that was a. Big, I think, like, relief for our Mars people here. Like, Oh, absolutely. Like, okay, well, we can't just say, all right, we're going to be cool with everything, but we obviously still need to be on guard. But, uh, yeah, maybe we don't have to worry so much right this minute. That's right, yeah. The UN fleet takes half of themselves out. They don't have any other choice but to surrender to the Mars fleet. Yeah. So, okay, we'll do that. Yep. Meanwhile, on the Agatha King, <laughs> it was like a soap opera. Oh, yeah. Wynn is being updated on the Martian fleet, and that one of the Martian destroyers broke off and changed course to Io. Well, of course they're going to follow. You suddenly went there, and they're like, there's nothing there. Why is he going that route? And, of course, the, the Martian captain goes, well... If they're going there, there's probably something there that we don't know about, so... Yeah, kind of smart. Yeah. Yeah, and... Especially when every, all the other fleets finally turn and follow. <laughs> right. And Wynn, of course, is, like, being a jerk. Yeah. Because he doesn't want anybody to know anything. 
No, not even his first officer. Which I think that would be kind of hinky. Just a bit. But that guy's just like, oh, yeah, no big deal. I'm totally following him. No questions asked. No, no. No, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And then Souther ends up on the bridge, and he's like, oh, what's going on? Oh, God, when... You don't need to know. It just, like, progressive, like, through this episode, every time he was on screen, he got more and more villainous. Oh, absolutely did. Like, what is going on with him? Seriously. And when Nguyen's like, you know what? In fact, get off the bridge. You don't have any business up here. And don't come back. Otherwise, I'm going to have to strip you of your commission. It's like, whoa. Yeah. That's a bit harsh, don't you think? When you were invited on and invited to take control because that was normal protocol. Right. But when... He's not going to have anybody questioning his orders. I know. When is over the top. Yeah. So, of course, we get... Souther in the officer's mess when his first two officers enter, and Souther nods the server out, and Manusco asks to speak freely, and he informs Souther that Wynn's been tight-beaming between Earth and Io since he's been on board, and it's all been off-buffer against regs with no record of the conversation. Yeah, so by the way... Some of the people I'm talking to are totally cool with you because you train them. So if you make a move, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Right. <laughs> and I love it. He's like, make a move. Because again, Souther being this, well, the guy he is and he's honorable. I don't think he would have ever thought about doing anything until. No, at this point in time, there would have been no way he would have done anything. Right. He would have. Followed orders and let Wynn do what he was doing. Even with Wynn being a jerk until we find out, well, yeah, he's breaking off from engagements and we're going to some deserted moon. And it's like, hmm, this is weird. And he's not telling anybody anything. Right. And I feel like that's what's starting to get Souther, like, not involved, but like him investigating. Right. Oh, absolutely. He's definitely starting to question when and what his motives truly are here. Yeah, but when when wins, (laughs) I keep saying that, sorry. Second in command comes in and he's talking to, well, our little group of people. Souther gets up to leave, but of course, he's kind of playing up about how he was involved in this big battle and he knows how the enemy thinks and I want him in charge Like at a time like this. It's like, what do you know about Souther? Obviously, he right. was involved with a lot of stuff, too. Right. I don't know. I just feel like that guy is just like, oh, no, he's totally great. I'm going to follow him no matter what. And then we come back to Win, and he's, like, ready to just fire everything at everyone. He doesn't even care. It's <laughs> like, you are not using any kind of strategy here, are you? No, not none whatsoever. He's just, I'm going to beat you to I.O. and get what I want and get the hello out of here. Except he's informed that the Hammurabi is closing fast and will be in firing range once they get to Io. Like, oh. Oh, no big deal. They won't fire until the rest of the ships are within missile range as well. How do you know? Maybe they're like, ah, for king and country. Yeah. Or planet and settlement. Whatever. So he informs the XO to let him know when they're in orbit. So he goes to his quarters. 
And that's probably when he gets the information about Mal's uh, family and his accounts and sends the information to Mal and tells him to release command of the hybrid pods. Which scares me because he seems like he's losing his shit and it's probably going to be really bad for everybody. Right. Now, fortunately, Mancusco is around comms and tells the crewman that he'll take over for him as it's an old ship and there's a lot of things acting real funny on it. Which immediately made me think, oh, maybe another message is coming in. Yeah. And sure enough, XO comes over and he informs her that they just received a message on the Interfleet channel and it's from the Hammurabi and it's addressed to Southern. Which, of course, has got to get everybody like, what? Yeah. That doesn't make sense. But you know what? Send it to my personal com and erase the log. We'll see what happens. Right. And when she and goes so- to show, I'm sorry, when she goes to show it to Southern, so now she's seen it. Right. So it's not just one. No. And she doesn't exactly look surprised, though. Like, did you notice that? Souther looked a little yeah. more surprised. She's just like, yeah, yeah, he's scum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, she just immediately, and I was like, yeah, and I bet wins in on it, too, because he's pretty much a jackass. Yeah. And, of course, he wants to confirm that it's real before they do anything. Which is smart. Right. But he tells her to be ready for anything. Okay, this could get ugly real quick, I'm afraid. Right. So he goes to the med bay and tells the guard to get out of his way. And he goes in and talks to Kotar. I don't understand why the captain of the ship can't talk to the prisoner. Right. It's like, that just seemed kind of weird to me, too. Well, that was something that Wynn initiated, probably. I know, but that's because he's a jerk. Yeah. Yeah, nobody really was questioning Wynn's orders at this point in time in the episode. That's true. But, of course, Kochar confirms everything and tells Souther all that he knows. And, of course, Wynn's first officer comes in and tells him he needs to go with him because Wynn wants to see him now. Yeah, okay, you're a first officer, you're not over the captain? So yeah, I wouldn't think so. I don't know. I felt like Souther could have turned around and just been like, no. But I think Souther wanted to go and confront Wynn at this point. Oh, absolutely. And, of course, when he's up on the bridge, we have alarms going off. And it's like, uh, the Hammurabi is in firing range, guys. So maybe we stop everything and pay attention to this. A little bit more important. Right, yeah. (laughs) But then we get this great back and forth between Wynn and Souther because the Hammurabi isn't firing. And Souther has this whole reason why they aren't. You know, they're testing him. They don't want to shoot. I think that makes sense. Right. They're testing us to see who we really are, if we're honorable or not. And it was interesting. And I was like, you know what? I can totally believe that. And Souther's like, yeah, this this could really be it. And you just see, like, very slightly, when kind of losing that, that mask of control. Right. Absolutely, because he tells them there's no honor in defeat and tells the weapons to prepare all tubes. We're going to give them everything we've got. And Souther immediately says, belay that order, and everybody starts drawing their weapons. Well, yeah, because you have Souther going through this whole thing about 
this is an illegal war. I'm commandeering the ship because of mute or not mutiny. Using the military yes. court of justice. Thank you. I had a brain fart. And I have proof. Open a wide band to all ships. And everyone's like, wait, you just mean our ships, right? No. Yeah. Everybody. And everybody's standing down. I mean, they're holding their guns on each other. But I'm like, okay, maybe this will actually go okay. Silly, Sean. <laughs> I don't know why I thought it was going to go okay. Obviously, I was trying to be hopeful. Well, he gets a lot of it out. At least the part of we're standing down, we're fighting an illegal war. Unfortunately, he doesn't get to transmit the proof to both fleets. And I feel like that should have been set up to go, like, in two seconds. But, like, yeah, send this out now, again. Right. Because what happens? All of a sudden, people start shooting. Yeah. Like, oh, damn. And Souther is the first one hit. Yep. And Wynn just buries him with the bullet to the chest. And so everybody heard that, right? Yeah. Okay. The channel still should have been open. Okay, that's what I thought. And with all the shooting back and forth and Wynn basically sounding like a crazy man, if everything's still open, I don't understand how anybody was still following him. Right. Even his own people. Yes. And, of course, he changes it to just the U.N. fleet, and he tells them that the mutiny by Souther has been stopped and they're to return for battle. Right. And who has it answered? Right. And two ships haven't answered. That was bad. Yeah. So he tells the Jimenez to return to the fleet or be considered a deserter. And not only are there two ships that haven't acknowledged, five are moving off, and Wynn wants a missile lock on the Jimenez. And I think this, at least, finally woke up some of the people on the bridge, even though they're, they were Souther's people, they were following orders. Right. And it's like, weapons lock, and the one person's like, what? No, I'm not firing on our people, are you crazy? Yeah. And so he goes over there and just tosses her right out of the chair and tells everybody, if you're not willing to follow his orders, declare yourselves now. And as far as I could tell, everybody that was part of Souther's bridge crew declared. I thought that was a good thing. Oh, absolutely it was. Except maybe the calm guy. Oh, God. Who might not have. He, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what was up with him, because almost every turn that they showed him, he could have, like, taken out and win. Right. Uh, I wanted to punch him. Yeah. I don't even know your name, comms guy, and I want to punch you. I was so mad. Yeah, you so he sits, it. yeah, he sits down at the station and gives them one last uh, warning and fires. I was really surprised that that happened. Right. Yes, that he would go that far. Yeah. And that's where, you know, you know the man is completely lost it when he destroys one of his own ships. And I feel like when that happened and the other members of the fleet seen that, they should have all just turned and been like, okay, no, we're all going to just draw on you, basically. Right. Ah, <sighs> holy cow. So, Exo and Manusco fight to capture their guns. Exo gets a weapon and shoots Win, but of course he fires back, hitting her. We see her trying to crawl to a weapon, only to see Win shoot her two more times. How has nobody been able to shoot him a couple times? Yeah. With as much, even accidentally, I feel like yeah. he should have been taken out. Oh, absolutely. All he's got is a one shot in the side. I'm telling you, communications guy, you could have been the hero. Yeah. But no. 
Okay. And he actually pushed that because the communications guy like ran up to him to see if he was okay. And he like pushes him back. Like, really? Yeah. The only guy up there that's basically, I, I would say, neutral. Finally leading you. Right. <laughs> following. Yeah. Totally neutral, I guess. And you're like, you push him. At that point, I'm like, I'm going to throw you down these damn stairs. <laughs> if nothing else, I'm like, I may not shoot you, but oops, you fell down the stairs. How about that? Right. So we hear the message from the Hammurabi saying that any ships that declare their peaceful intentions will not be fired upon by Mars and will be considered flying under a flag of truce. If any ship is in need of assistance, we are ready and willing to help. Which I thought was a bit of a surprise, but hey, if they're willing to help and you have injured, maybe that's not a bad thing. We, that's we right. can have things kind of okay, maybe an uneasy truce right now, but we'll figure this out. Yep. But what happened? Wynn sits back down at the weapon station and pulls up the hybrid pod control and starts firing the hybrid pod. And that that was the moment when you see him and he looks like he's completely lost it. Oh, absolutely. That's why I said right there you have total villain moment. Yep. So that being said, because our little Scooby group has seen this, let's get around to what happened on the Rossi. <laughs> All right. We start with Alex and Bobby looking at a map showing the location of all the ships in the area, and they agree it's starting to get a little crowded. Yeah, everybody is getting into something. Yeah, all the MCRN ships are headed to Callisto, which of course is an important base for the Martians. And Alex, but Alex, Alex yeah. I love you, Alex. You have a path for us. Yes, that should get them to I.O. without being detected. Yay, Alec. And Holden. You know what? He's finally saying what we're all thinking. It's like, you know what? Whatever we can do to not be looked at, basically. Yeah. (laughs) The only advantage we've got. They'll go in hot and land hard, and it'll be a 100-meter run to the access hatch. Which has got to be kind of hard in, like, no atmosphere. Right. And, of course, Bobby. All right, what kind of resistance are we looking at? You know, she's trying to plan this in terms of battle. Right. And they're like, "Uh, we don't know. And in terms of hybrids, we really don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, thanks for that. That that helps a whole lot. Uh, But Bobby, always thinking, she's like, all right, you need to tell me everything. Because she's asking everyone on board, how did you kill the hybrid? What kind of weapons do we have? What, What do we have I can put in my suit? We need to charge my suit up. Like, she's just thinking, all right, I got to get all this out there so I can help strategize. Right. And yet you have Avislara and Holden, who seem so calm. Yeah. <laughs> because Holden's getting a cup of coffee. He had to brew it a different way since he completely destroyed the coffee pot. Yeah. <laughs> and I love it. Avislara is like, oh, a good cup of coffee can save the world. Maybe if everybody sat down and discussed stuff over coffee, things wouldn't be so bad. There you go. But Holden, being the smart aleck he is, he's like, oh, I'd settle for just save my morning. Yeah. And then we get story time with Avasalara as she tells Holden about the statue of Atlas that her father had and that she smashed when her son was killed. I wasn't expecting it to go that route when she was talking about it. No, not at all. But the point was she didn't quit and she realized there were very few adults in the room. And that, like it or not, she was one of them. Oh. Yeah, Holden's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. He didn't seem too impressed. 
no. He goes, I think I know where this is going. And Right. It's like, uh, no. No, I don't think you do. Because the kids have been playing war in the backyard while Mao sorts out gods and monsters. All right. But Holden, being Holden, I kind of like this. He's like, you know what? Even kids can burn down the house. Right. It's like, well, yeah, that's true. So much for that optimistic guy we had like two episodes ago. Right. And Avasar, I know we knew this was coming, but she, ad- yeah. she admits that she's like, all right, I wasn't completely honest. We don't have a protomolecule. We need a sample. Right. And I loved it because Holden's like, you know what? Naomi was right. She's like, yeah, she's smart. Yeah. It's like, but we need it. So we're all on the same page. It's like, no, you really don't. Right. Holden, why are you the only person that's making sense? It's like, we need to destroy the protomolecule, not pass out samples. Right. <laughs> now, Avasalara does say she doesn't want a we- as it a weapon. Okay, she but... may not. Right. But that doesn't mean everybody else on in the UN doesn't, as we have seen with Aaron Exactly. Wright, so. Although when she does say my favorite saying is to be Earth must come first and I did terrible things to protect it, it's different now. It's a survival of our species. It's like, all right, I get what you're trying to say. Right. But yeah, like like you just said, look at Aaron Wright. He doesn't care. Because right. he doesn't see the big picture. Now Avaslara might be looking at the much larger scope. Like it's really us against them. We need the protomolecule to figure out how to, to defeat it. Right. But there's too many people that are going to be like, oh, we can use this against Mars. We can use this against the belt. No, you need to figure out how to defeat the thing altogether. Right. Because you don't know what it's doing on Venus yet. And that's the scary part. And nobody is paying attention. And I feel like the only people who know what's what are the people on the Rossi. And they still don't even have a full picture. Right. If only they can talk to Julie somehow. And, of course, Alex asks if he can open the comms and take a look what's out there. Oh, I was scared. Holden, Yeah, Holden tells him to make it quick, and sure enough, he sees the Earth and Mars ships heading towards Callisto when a message pops up. And we find out it's from his son, and I was like, oh, God, are they going to twist this knife in my heart that his wife already plunged in? Right. But no! You didn't get the son spewing the same poison as the mother? I was a little choked up. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to tell you, I was really scared, though, when it was such a nice message that something was going to happen, like there was going to be an explosion or something. Right, yeah. I was, like, (laughs) waiting for the other shoe to drop. And it still might. Well, in that moment, it did not. That's the only thing I'm holding on to. Yes, yes. Because I was so scared. Yeah. He's proud to be Alex's son. And I think that helped Alex a lot right there. Oh, absolutely. He's got something left to live for. I'll just take that weight off. Yeah. Then we go over to Amos and Prax. And Prax is practicing his shooting. And uh, he's pretty damn focused and doing pretty good. Yeah. Until he starts talking to Amos about it, I was like, okay, you know, this is all right. And then I'm like, oh, damn. Yeah. As he tells him, thanks for taking care of him. And uh, Amos replies with, well, you can thank me when you get your little girl back. And Crack goes, or get even. Like you said, it's the next best thing. Oh. I yeah. think Amos is getting a little upset about this, too. 
I think he is. I think it's hard for him to see himself. Yeah. Because Prax is, I mean. Prax is a mirror for Amos right now. Yes, he's picking up a lot of Amos's attitudes, and Amos is getting it right back in his face. So, yeah, I think it's definitely giving him some pause to uh, maybe reconsider uh, some of his uh, attitudes, shall we say. And even, I, I think it was this episode that Amos says something. He's like, you know, if we get down there and we find out that she has changed, I'll help you. I'll take care of it. And Prax is like, right. no, I got it. I'll do it. And Amos, like the look on his face, it wasn't that he was hurt that Prax said he would do it instead, but that Prax even got to that point. Right. Absolutely. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling like Amos is going to, oh, what's the best word? Kind of like melt a little bit, like in regards to Prax. Right. But obviously, He's Amos. I mean, I don't think he's, you know, yeah. going to totally be like... <laughs> he's not going to completely change, right? no. He's not going to be this huge teddy bear all of a sudden. I mean, like, I love yeah. everybody, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we could see some definite softening of uh, Amos. Now, of course, we cut to Bobby and Alex, and Bobby is just going nuts trying to get prepared for what she might run into on Aya. And trying to get her suit charged and ammo and all this and yeah, like I said, you know she's she's planning for again another bigger picture. But Alex right. is like, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, no. If we see one of those, we get the hell out of there. I love it. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that's what your plan is. It's like, what? What? Yeah, <laughs> not Bobby's plan. Right. Bobby's like, no, I got to do what I got to do. Get, yeah, getting even. And I think that one threw of them, them did off. To her, um, her, her whole crew. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I mean, yeah, Alex was like, "Whoa, I, this is not good." Oh man, yeah, Alex is like, "All right, we got to do this," but I think Alex has got a, a different plan going somehow. Like, all right, Bobby's trying to do this. How am I going to save her? Right. So yeah, he's having to think ahead now. By a lot because he knows it's liable to could very easily go sideways on our right. So of course they're like, and, "All right, we're going down," and everybody straps in, and every, we have Holden checking helmets and stuff first. And oh my god, like I wasn't expecting this. No, not at all. Naomi decides wow. to spill all sorts of truths on Holden. Yeah, you really don't know me. You think right? Because she lays that truth bomb that she had a kid and it was with somebody who was obviously part of the belt and he was very passionate and he took the kid away. Yep. Part of the OPA and he wanted her to do something that she did not want to do. And so he took the kid. That was messed up. Big time. And that's how she ended up being on the cant. Get away and forget about him. Yeah, and she says, you know, the the baby's name was Philip. It's like, I feel like somehow this is going to come back. Oh, yeah, it probably I will. Hope. I hope, but kind of not, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, of course, you know, he's like, I'm sorry, why didn't you tell me? And she's like, I couldn't. I couldn't tell anybody. It's like, wow, all right, there's a lot. 
And then she's like, you know, with everything that happened on Eros and Ganymede and all the belters and seeing you care so much. Do you know how hard it was for me? How I can just say numb and cold because all I can imagine was Philip. Right. Being turned into a proto-molecule. And that's why I gave it to the belt. And I'm sorry for the way I did it. Yeah. It's like, wow. And this is what was like that moment where, all right, Holden, I think finally kind of forgives her because he's like, I can't like what you did. I can't hate you for doing it. Right. But it's like, okay, I guess that was an uneasy, I accept your apology. Right. Yeah, basically it was. He says, I can't hate you for doing what you thought was right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of a... Like, okay, I forgive you. Right. Yeah, Yeah, basically it is. Now, I don't believe they'll be back together anytime soon, but it sure beats where they were at the start of the episode. (laughs) Oh, man. but. It's like, all right, so that's that's out there. So that's something I think is going to come back that I'll have to deal with. But now they're going to land in Io. Yes. And I love it because everybody's strapped in, and Bobby's like, like, sitting's for wusses. Because she's like in a doorway, and she's just kind of like holding on in her suit. Like, wow, okay. She's like, you guys suck. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I just thought it was... Wusses. I just thought it was so funny because she's just standing there like, yeah, that's good. I'm all right. Everybody's like, oh, God, we're going down. Yeah, I'm like, all right, Bobby, quit showing off. Yeah, Yeah, quit showing (laughs) off, exactly. And then they make their way to the door that apparently Holden had, which I thought was interesting, an override code. Right, that didn't work, unfortunately. Where did he get the code is what I'm wondering. Well, I'm sure that because it was on IO in the Mars system that, and the Rossi is a, Martian ship that, yeah, they probably scoured the database and found something that they thought might work. Ah, but it wasn't going to. And Amos is all like, all right, we'll open it. Don't worry. What? Yeah. Amos? I thought he was going to have Bobby try to blast through, which I feel right. like might have been a bad idea because then you compromise the air inside, but whatever. But right. instead he's like welding the bolts off. Yeah. We'll cut it off. Yeah. And <laughs> right when I think, all right, maybe. Maybe we're going to get in and stuff will happen. Something happened, all right. Yeah. <laughs> we see the hybrid pods firing out. And everybody's standing there watching it with basically the same, oh, shit, look on their face. Right. And I, I was the exact same way. My jaw just opened, but, oh, my God, what does this mean? Yeah, where are they headed? What could they be firing them at? The the Mars ship's going to be the targets, or Are all the what? ships going to be the target? Right, yeah, everything but the Agatha herself. Uh, at this point, he's probably like, "Yeah, let's bring him everywhere." He looked yeah. crazy when he launched. Yes. He may well have fired on himself. Wouldn't surprise me a bit. Oh my gosh, where do you think it's going to go? If I had to guess, I would probably say. Those are probably headed to Mars. Okay. Because that's always been Aaron Wright's goal is to destroy Mars. Well, shooting that many hybrid proto-molecules at them, that'll take Mars out pretty quickly. It's not going to end anything, dummy. No. Ah, stupid win. Steve, did we get any feedback for episode five? 
Oh, we certainly did. Once again, our friend Fred from the Netherlands has sent us some feedback, so let's give it a listen. Hello, Fangirl Zone podcasters. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for the Expand Season 3, Episode 5. First off, I have to admit that I've already seen Episode 6, but I will try to keep it spoiler-free. I actually have a question about this. Have you seen the next available episodes when you are doing the podcast? And if yes, I have to give you a compliment here, because in that case you are doing a great job in keeping it spoiler-free. By the way, especially as a European, I like there is some extra time between the air date of an episode in the USA and you recording the podcast. We in Europe are at least one day behind, and sometimes even more. I know, for instance, one podcast that always recorded the next day. I never could give feedback, because the episode was not available yet over here. Second point. What a terrible decision by Sci-Fi to cancel this show, although it's critically highly acclaimed and it has a large fan base. The Expanse is one of the most well-reviewed Sci-Fi series on TV, with the current third season scoring 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. As I understood it well, it's just because Sci-Fi has a, sorry for the word, shitty contract. A quote from an article by Deadline Hollywood says... The cancellation decision by Sci-Fi is said to be linked to the nature of its agreement for the series, which one gives the cable network's first-run linear rights in the US. That puts an extraordinary amount of emphasis on live linear viewing, which inherently is challenging for Sci-Fi and genre series that tend to draw the lion's share of their audiences from digital and streaming. If this is really true... I think, under these circumstances, almost no sci-fi or genre series could survive. So let's hope someone else will pick up this series, or, if the fans shout loud enough, perhaps sci-fi will reconsider. And there are several, and you can easily find them, petitions out there. And one of them even has more of 120,000 signatures. Extra frustrating, uh, probably for you and for me, is also that The Crossing is cancelled after one season. Well, I hereby publicly declare that I will not be discouraged watching and enjoying this series further. And the third season I like very much is, and give feedback for at the GSM podcast, is Timeless, which perhaps doesn't get a third season. The fan base for that series is much larger than for The Crossing, so chances that that one will survive is a little higher than for the crossing. Today is the 20th of May, so I hope when you are recording the podcast for this fifth episode, we will have some news about the expanse and timeless. My hopes for the crossing are unfortunately quite low. Not because I'd like that show less, but because it has a smaller fan base. Okay, about expanse episode triple point. I think it was a very good episode. We finally saw some action from the Mars side of things. I like the wisdom of the captain of the MCRN, uh, Humurabi. One funny quote in the beginning of the episode, Avazerla, Good coffee can save the world. And James answers, I settled for it saving my morning. Of course I did not like that Admiral Sutter and his officers were killed. Since this shows that the showrunners are not afraid to kill off semi-major characters, I wonder whether Aaron Wright is going to kill the Secretary General. 
When you watch this episode a second time, it's a little sad. The XO Sheffer asks Admiral Sutter, What do you want me to do, sir? And he answers, Be ready for anything. That anything will be death. I love the scene between James and Naomi, in which she explains why she gave the protomolecule to Fred Johnson, which ends with a quote by Holden, I'm never going to like what you did, but I can't hate you for doing that. You thought it was right. Last thought, I just wonder if the protomolecule has a kind of universal awareness. Katoa, being on Io, uh, knows about the work on Venus. One or two episodes ago, we shortly saw a picture of Julie Mao. Was this just as a setup by the writers for Jules Pierre Mao to weaken up towards May? Or are we somehow going to see Julie back? Or perhaps even Miller? Greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands. Well, thanks a lot for your uh, feedback there, Fred. Yes, thank Some you. Wrong <laughs> points there, to say the least. <laughs> now, consider yourself lucky, because uh, normally uh, we get these uh, recorded pretty quickly after the episode airs in the United States, if not sooner. And let's just say life has kind of gotten in the way the last uh, month or so for uh, both uh, Sean and I, so... Uh, yeah, it's been kind of rough. And we're glad. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're not real disappointed because we are able to get your feedback into the episode, so... Yes, because you're catching those, so much. Yes, keep sending us those feedbacks. <laughs> your second point, yeah, it sucks that they are deciding to cancel, but, you know, the fans are never going to give up, so they are pushing for a another well service channel whatever to pick it up so we'll see what happens right and yeah we agree with the crossing completely oh, that sucks so bad <laughs> yes it does that- and don't know about timeless either it it got saved last season i don't know if it'll get saved this season i'm still hoping something happens somehow for the crossing but right all righty really- well I guess we can only wait and see what happens with those shows. Right. On to your comments about this episode, Triple Point. Yeah, it was a really good episode and was fantastic to see the inner workings of the Hammurabi and how smart that captain was. Yeah, I liked Sather. I was kind of iffy with him, but I mean, obviously loved him way better than Wynn. Yeah. <laughs> so I liked everything that, well, okay, take that back, rewind. I don't like everything that transpired, but I liked that he was kind of standing up for everything. Right. I'll, I'll put it that way. And yes, I do believe we did talk about your quote as well, because we found it quite amusing. Yeah. Because come on, Ava Solara. That's right. I love her. Oh, and yes, be ready for anything. Well, he wasn't wrong. Nope. Wasn't right, but you know, whatever. No. <laughs> No, we lost two of our crossover characters that we were enjoying so much. Yes, it's depressing. Every time. Every time. So I don't know if we should start rooting for the fact that we see people from other shows, because now I'm kind of worried. Yeah. (laughs) It's like they're the red shirts. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, I think we were all on the same page with basically how you felt with Holden and Naomi. I'm still... Not sure if I can forgive Naomi, but it is what it is. Well, let's see if she can make up for it. How about that? Yeah, we'll see. (laughs) 
But yes, it was able, it was good that at least it gave Holden, I won't say closure, but at least it put his mind at ease as to why she did it. Yeah. It wasn't really something that was against him, let's say. Right. Like she wasn't just going against his order or something. Right. Yeah. And universal awareness, consciousness, it's got to be something. I mean, they're not like they're talking on a, the phone or something. <laughs> it was weird, but it seems to be every little piece is connected somehow. Right. Yeah. I mean, you saw how big that thing was on Eros. Yeah. I mean, it just grew massive. And it sure seemed to have a plan of what it was doing when it decided it needed to move the um, the whole station. True. And the missiles were fired at it. So, yeah, I definitely think it it is a sentient being of some sort. And will we see Julia Miller? I've been saying something feels like it has to happen. Right. Yes. I think both of us have been saying, yeah, it's about time to uh, see both Miller and Julie again, either in flashbacks or who knows if they're still in the blue goo somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. It's got to be something. I feel like if you don't see them actually die, you don't know if they're actually dead. That's right. That's what sci-fi does to us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nobody, no death. Right. <laughs> well, once again, Fred, we really appreciate your feedback and keep it up. We're enjoying it and love hearing your thoughts on every episode. Thanks, Fred. All right. Well, what do you guys think? Shoot us an email at sci-fi talk at fangirlzone.com. Let us know what you think. And that's S-Y-F-Y, just in case you're unsure. Check out the website, and you can find our contact page there and just click on it. It makes it easy that way, too. And while you're doing all that, how about rate and review us on iTunes and every other platform you're finding us on, because good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us. Tell your friends. We hope you're enjoying the show and the podcast. Don't forget to tweet. Keep tweeting Renew Expanse, because we never know where we might get picked up. Right. And who might be watching. And for this episode of Sci-Fi Talk, I am Sean Fangirless. And I'm Steve. Maybe out here away from all the politics and bullshit, luck opens the door and lets a couple of grunts figure out how to not fight for once. And until next time.